Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you're new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Everybody, One Church, let's welcome our online campus. Come on, we love y'all. Honored to be a part of what God is doing. And uh, we've got some great things coming up. Come on, we got child dedication, November 11th, child dedication. Now, here's the thing is, is that what, what child dedication is not salvation for your kids. But what you're doing is, and, and we don't put an age limit. You know, some people say only babies can be dedicated. But the truth is, is that child, uh, children can be dedicated, we believe, at any age. And so maybe uh, you're like, you know what, I've never dedicated my child to, to the Lord. And I'd like to. And what it is, is you're coming before your church family and you're saying, hey, we're committing to raise our children in the house of God. Uh, and, and as a church family, we always say it takes more than a village to raise a child. It takes a church, come on, to raise a child. And we want to partner with you and just help you in any way that we can. Uh, and because raising kids is hard. And um, if, if we all knew it was as difficult as it really is, I think we'd be a little more like, wait a second. <laughs> I, I love, I love talking to, uh, to, uh, to people who are about to have their first baby and they're like, oh yeah, we're ready. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you may think you're ready, but you're not ready. And, uh, and so, uh, but child dedication, that's November 11th. And you can sign up at imonechurch.com slash dedications if you'd like to be a part of that. And, uh, and then come on, At The Movies kicks off next week. At The Movies. Uh, and, and you might be, this, I will tell you, if you've never been a part of At The Movies, this is completely different uh, than any church service that you've ever been a part of. And what we do is we take movies and we find, it, it, it's, it's basically a mo- Jesus was really good at telling parables to get the point across to you, right? And, uh, and so movies are modern day stories, right? It's a, it's a modern day parable. And so we just take uh, the, these movies and we find biblical truths and how to apply them to your life. Let me tell you, this is the perfect, the perfect series to invite people to. The, the, the friends that say, I don't like church, these are the target audience. Cause, and let me just say this, if you're religious at all, you're going to hate this series. Uh, because it's, it's not like, cause I have church people, come on, you know, I, and I love you church people. I'm a church person and they go, well, that's not my favorite series that we do. And I'm like, it's not for you. It's for your friends who don't like church and we have more salvation. So y'all, you, you church people, you should be praying for your friends. You should be inviting the people to come with you because I believe this, that God's going to do a great thing and you, we make it easy for you. We have cool invites. You can invite people to come with you. It's going to be awesome. We have Pepsi, come on, who sponsored uh, all, of a, uh, all of our uh, Cokes for the event or Pepsis for the event. I just call everything Coke. Any other rednecks here? I just call everything, it's Coke across the board. And that is a, that is a sinful word when you're a Pepsi distributor. And um, so uh, they, they, the, all the sodas, don't you know? All the soda pops. I don't know, I guess. I guess. Uh, but uh, they, they sponsored that. And then also we've got, come on, we got popcorn. It's an awesome event. Come invite somebody to come. That's enough about that. We're finishing our series Today, welcome home. 
uh, we kicked off a brand new series called Welcome Home. And uh, this is our declaration for the year. We always come up with a new declaration uh, as a church. And, and our declaration for the year this year is Welcome Home. Uh, come on, we got uh, out there on our building, which we just, uh, they started work on. Uh, we, had a, we got the billboard there that says Welcome Home. And uh, that's going to be, uh, man, I'm excited about that. And, uh, but, you know, uh, we want every person that walks through these doors to feel welcome. We want, we want uh, I believe the church should be the most welcoming environment that anybody can go to. And, and I, I know this, that the church often pushes people away because they think, well, they're not doing what they should do. And so we push. But here's my thing is, where can they go for answers if it's not the church? It, where, it, you, you know, you don't go to a hospital if you're not sick, right? And so here's the thing. Is, as a church, we invite people in and we say, welcome home. We are willing to walk with you on the journey. Does that mean that we change the gospel? No, that does not mean we change the gospel. We preach the gospel. If it's in the Bible, that's what I preach. If you, if you go, well, what's your stance on this? Whatever the Bible says, that's my stance on it, okay? So, so but here's the thing is we welcome people. We walk with people through the journey. We love people and we care for people. And so, and what we've been doing in this Welcome Home series is we've been talking about about who we are as a church. What do we do? What, do we, what are we supposed to be as a church? Now, here's the thing is there's some core values that we have as, at one church, and I believe that these core values apply to every person in this room. It's not just something that we believe. It's something that you should take and apply to your life, and it'll help you become better at whatever it is. Maybe you're not a Christian in this. This will help you become better no matter where you... Biblical principles always help you become better. And, uh, and so uh, we're, we're in this series, Welcome Home. The first thing that we uh, preach here at One Church, a core value, is Jesus is our message. We talk about Jesus. We love Jesus. I'm just going to go ahead and say Jesus, 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 just to get Jesus out there, okay? Because Jesus is our message. We talk about Jesus a lot. Uh, I hear churches that, that uh, I've heard of a lot of churches that don't even mention the name of Jesus. Not in a song, not in a message. They just want to talk about just just ideas, and let's just talk through this. No, we preach Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? And uh, in fact, at sporting events, most people say, you can pray, and you can say, in your name, we pray. Just don't say the name of Jesus, and because there's power in the name of Jesus. And so Jesus is our message. The second thing that you need to know about us as a church is generosity is our privilege. We believe that we are called to be, Christians should be the most generous people on the face of of the planet, right? That's just what we are supposed to be. Uh, my wife, come on, preached a knockout message last week. Oh, it's so good. Servant leadership is our identity. I'm telling you, if you did not hear that word, you should hear that word. You should listen to that word. And uh, I, I'm just going to jump into today's message. Uh, Daniel 6, 1 through 3. Daniel 6, 1 through 3. You got to say amen. It says this, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over those three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this, Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. 
because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Today, if you're taking notes, you can, uh, in our last installment of Welcome Home, you can title this message, Excellence is Our Spirit. Excellence is our spirit. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear and hear is open, receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. So, Lord, use me to speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen, amen. amen. Come on. Just, just, just tap three people around you. Just say, hey, you're excellent. Come on. You're excellent. You're excellent. You're excellent. Uh, my wife and I bought our first house in Sulphur Springs, Texas, and uh, we we were you know we were living that apartment life, and and then we rented a house, and we thought you know what it's time for us to actually buy a house. Let's let's go ahead and buy one, and so we found this uh, what uh, what you would call today a fixer upper. Um, I think that we just called it uh, in need of repair, a lot of repair. Uh, in fact, my mother-in-law is a real estate agent, and she thought I was crazy for buying it. And uh, we walked in, and I mean, the, the carpet was matted down. Like, it was so dirty that it was matted down. Come on, there was rats, there was roaches. It was rough. And, uh, but we walked in, and we saw, this is awesome. This is going to be great. And the reason why it was awesome is because it was all we could afford. Uh, it was $42,000, and we were like, Lord Jesus, help us. When we signed the note, I thought, I don't know how we're going to make a payment on this. This is a lot of money, you know, and we were like, okay. We bought this place, and I rolled up my sleeves, and I went to work, right? We started fixing stuff, and we started doing a few things here and doing a few things there. Well, some time went by, and we decided, you know what? It's time to do a lot more. Well, my grandpa can do anything. My grandpa, he built his house uh, that he's actually sold now, but he built that house from the ground up. He's, and this is back in the day when you used an actual saw and hammered nails, right? And, and he can just do anything. And, uh, and so I called Pap and I said, hey, Pap, we're going to add a bathroom on. I need you to come help me out. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll come help you. And so we, we, I show up to, uh, he shows up, we start working. Well, one day I had uh, come in from shift Showed up to help Pap work, and I'm working, and I was tired. I'd been up for 24 hours. I was exhausted, and I worked all the way through, uh, and it was about 8 o'clock at night, and we were still working. And I was ready to go home. I was hungry. I was tired. I was just ready to get some sleep. And uh, we were finishing up some tile in our bathroom, where the bathroom floor was. And uh, as we're working on it, we've got one more piece to go. And I can smell like meatloaf. Come on, somebody. Not like the singer meatloaf, but like meatloaf. You know, I'm like, oh, meatloaf is going to be so good because I know what we got waiting on us. And so I'm waiting, and I'm excited, and we get ready to cut. And there's some pipes that come up, you know, for where the faucet's at. And, uh, and so we're having to cut around those pipes. And uh, we're cutting tile, and we're getting everything ready. Well, I walk in, and, and I have the piece of tile, and we've got all the measurements, and I set it down, and there's a two-inch gap between the pipe and the tile. And my grandpa says, pull it up, and let's go cut another piece. And I said, no, Pat, a vanity, a big cabinet is going to go over the top of this. You will never see it. It will never be seen. Nobody will ever know. And he said, son, I told you to pull it up. 
I'll know and that's all that matters. In that moment, I learned a very important lesson. That excellence when everybody sees is just as important as excellence when nobody sees. See, we have, we have this attitude sometimes of we'll just do enough to get by. We don't worry about being excellent. We don't worry about, you, you know, we're like, okay, well, nobody's going to know the difference. And so if it's just good enough to get by, it will be okay. For some reason, churches and Christians have this, have this idea that we don't have to be excellent. Quiet in this church. Like, we don't have to be excellent in it. Like, it, it's, it's okay. You know, I've, I've been to churches, not this church, of course, but I've been to churches when the bass player will walk in 10 minutes late and get up on the stage and start tuning. Well, God knows my heart. Yeah, but I hear your instrument, and it's awful, right? Excellence, here's the thing, good enough and God don't belong in the same sentence. We should be excellent in everything we do. We should always do everything with excellence because here's the thing is I really do honestly believe that God deserves our best. I believe that we should always put our best foot forward. Here's the deal. Now you gotta hear me and and I'm not preaching, I'm preaching this to my kids. Okay, y'all can just listen in. Because I, I nearly didn't do this whole series because of this message. Because I, know it, I knew it would go over really well. Because excellence is hard. Being excellent is, is saying, you know what, I'm making a choice to, be, to do things the right way. Not just the way that everybody expects me to do things. Here's a few things that you need to know about excellence. Number one is excellence is a spirit. Well, how, what does that mean? Excellence is a spirit. Excellence, here's the thing, is excellence is more something that you are, not something that you do. Yeah. Excellence is in the core of who you are. It's at the core of your being. It, it, does, it just kind of oozes out of you. You just decide, you know what, I'm just going to be excellent. Even when good enough would get by, I'm going to be excellent in everything that I did do. Here's the thing, is Daniel did a lot of amazing things. Come on, Daniel and the lion's den. We know all of these stories. Daniel did some incredible, incredible things. But what distinguished him and what set him apart above everybody else was that he had an excellent spirit. He was excellent in everything he did. You want to know what set him out and what the king noticed was that when, when everybody else wasn't excellent, Daniel decided to be excellent. Daniel, Daniel didn't get promoted because he was good-looking. Daniel didn't get promoted because of who his parents were. Daniel didn't get promoted because he had a lot of Instagram followers. Daniel didn't get promoted because he was, he was the, the most popular kid in school. Daniel got promoted because he carried an excellent spirit. And whatever, whatever was put in front of him, he made a decision that I am going to be excellent at this. We serve a God who does everything with excellence. So as Christians and as a church, we should do everything with excellence. We should be excellent in everything we do. Now here's the thing, is you need to know, is excellence does not mean that you will always be the best. But excellence does mean that you will always do your best. It doesn't mean that you're, there's somebody out there better than you. Okay? There's better preachers out there. Right? There's just, I'm, I'm glad y'all didn't amen that. 
Y'all got points. There, there's better, there's always somebody better, right? That does not mean, because I'm not in this comparison game. But what I do know is, I don't know if I did as good as what Isaiah can do, but I know this, that I did as good as what I can do. I was excellent with what God gave me. I was excellent. I really put my foot forward and did everything with excellence. It doesn't mean that you'll always be the best, but it means that we always do our best. Serve a God who is excellent. So as Christians, we should be excellence. excellent. Exodus 26.1. Exodus 26.1 says this. Make the tabernacle with ten curtains. Not just as many as you feel like. Of finely twisted linen and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. With cherubim woven into them by skilled workers. Right? By skilled work. God is, you want to you see how specific God gets, just continue to read Exodus there 26 and on. And God gets so specific in the things. And he's like, I want skilled workers working on this. I want people who know what they're doing working on this. I want people who are committed to the craft to work on this. This is what I want. I want the best you've got to work on this. Why? Because God cares about excellence. Right? Psalms 33.3 says this, sing unto him a new song, play skillfully. And this is the the sound guy's favorite part, with a loud noise. Right? Play skillfully. Come on, give it up for our worship team. They play skillfully, right? There's nothing about this team that says, we'll just wing it. Skillfully. You don't see the hours that they spend practicing. You don't see all that. And then they show up early to set all of this stuff up so that they can, they can get up here and lead you into worship. They play skillfully, right? God says to play skillfully. Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Maybe you say, I'm not a musician and I'm not a, I'm not a sower, but here you go. Whatever you do. Come on. Man, this is good preaching. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. You really worked hard on that. I know I did. I know I did. They're not amen. Like, I know they're not amen, right? Whatever you do. Oh, you're a carpenter. Whatever you do. You work for a bank. Whatever you do. You work at Soul Man's. Whatever you do. Come on. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know it will, re, uh, it will receive, uh, I'm sorry, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the, listen to this, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. It's the Lord that you're serving. When you, when you get this in your mind, it changes everything. You don't look at your boss like he's your boss because you know that Jesus is your boss. 
that I'm working for God. I'm telling you, well, it's, e- it's easy to work for people who are awesome. It's easy to work for people who, are, are, who love you and who, who care about you and who remember your birthdays and your anniversaries and who ask about how you're feeling today. It's easy to work for those guys. But I've had captains that were hard to work for. And I show up and have to serve them and with a smile on my face and act like the ch- butt chewing that I'm getting is okay with me. Why? Because God is my boss, not you. And if I honor you and I work like it's, I'm working for Jesus, then guess what? God will promote me. God will bring me up. God will set me above the rest. Come on. As a church, we're always trying to improve. I can't do anything about the purple walls, but I can pop and drape this sucker. Huh? We're always trying to improve as a church. We're always working to become better as a church. Uh, We have our staff meetings on Tuesdays. And um, one of the things that we do is we all kind of come together and we talk about wins. We talk about uh, what, what went right. Come on, the things that went good. We talk about dream team that's did something incredible. We talk about salvations. We talk, I mean, I love this part. I love to talk about the wins. I'm like, yeah, that's a win. Come on, how many of you like to win? I like to win, right? I love talking about the wins. And then immediately following that, we talk about what went wrong. I hate that part. I'm like, let's just go ahead. Come on. Wrong. No, no, no. Okay, let's go. No, no. Wrong. What went wrong? Why do we do that? Because we want to focus on the negative. No, because we want to become better. We want to get better. We don't want to just brush what went wrong under the rug. We don't want to just act like it never happened. We want to say, how can we become better with the mistake that was made in the check-in? How can we become better with that? With the mistake that was made with sound, how can we become better with that? What can we do to become better? We always want to improve. Why do we do that? Because every time you bring somebody through those doors, I want you to know that we haven't just been praying for you. We've been preparing for you. We're working for you. We're working hard to become better and better and better. Every Sunday we work to become better. Better and better than the next sun, the last Sunday we were. We want to be excellent. We want to be excellent in everything we do. We want to work with excellence because I believe, I believe, I believe that God deserves our best. And I'm not trying to become the best church in town. I'm trying to become the best church that God has called me to be. I'm trying to do everything with excellence. I'm trying to do the best I can with what I got. Amen? Number two. Second thing you need to know about excellence is excellence is a choice. Every time you're given a task to do, you have a choice to make. Will I do just enough to get by? Will I do only what's expected of me? Or will I do this with excellence? Will I do just enough to get by or will I do more than what's expected of me? Will I do all, put with all of my heart, whatever I do with all of my heart, will I serve like I'm serving God? How many in here have ever been bitten by an elephant? Raise your hand. Come on. Nobody. Right? How about a mosquito? How many have been bitten by a mosquito? Come on, lift your hand. See, it's the little things in life that have the greatest impact on you. 
It's the little bitty things in life that have the greatest impact on you. If I was, uh, if I was to give you a choice in, in here today and I said, hey, here's the thing. Is I've got, Dan, I've got $3 million that I'm going to give you if you want it. Okay, i got three, three million bucks, or I have a penny that will, will double every day for 31 days. Right? I, I have three million dollars or a penny that will double every day for 31 days. Now, here's the thing. is If you've never heard this, most people would take the three million dollars and be like, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to Jamaica. Right? Three million dollars is a lot of money. I'm pretty happy with three million, right? I I mean, that's a pretty good deal. But if you have heard this, you would know that you're making a mistake. Because that simple thing, that one penny compounded every day. And here's the thing is you get to day 29 and you're still not at three million dollars. You're at 2.7 million. But something magical happens in the last two days. And by 31 days, you, you reach not $3 million, but you have over $10 million in your account from one simple penny. Why? Because little things done with excellence consistently make a big impact on your life, right? It makes a bigger impact on your life than something big done once. We think it's just the big things. Oh, it's just the big things, right? It's something, I gotta make this big thing happen. And we start looking at our lives and we start looking at everything that we need to fix in our lives and we go, okay, you know, I've got all of this stuff that's jacked up. Right? And so I gotta do some big things, right? I gotta start working out 8,000 days a week. I don't know. I'm doing five a days, right? Because I, right, we start thinking these big Big things, but little things done consistently with excellence will have a bigger impact on your life than something big done once. It's little things. You see that governor who falls or makes a big mistake and all of a sudden it's in public? Little things brought that to his life. Little things, right? I love what Darren Hardy says. He says this, you make choices, and then your choices make you. You make choices, and then your choices make you. We have a guy uh, that goes to this church, and uh, he's about my age, and uh, he's bald, and he's jacked, like really muscular. And I always think, well, I've got the bald thing going on, so how hard could the muscles be, right? So um, I, I went up to him, and, I, and I've been working out. You know, I've been, I've been trying to eat healthy and doing right and doing what I'm supposed to do and went on a three-mile run this morning. You know, no big deal. Just kidding. But I'm trying to do right, you know, so I'm trying to be healthy. And, and so I walked up to him, and I'm just talking to him, and I'm like, hey, you know, so I, I'm working, I, I was working out three days a week, and, I, you know, I was doing good, and I felt pretty good about myself, and I'm eating right and doing all this stuff. And so I walked up to him, and I said, hey, man, you know, so what, you know, just tell me a little bit about your workout routine. What's that like? And he goes, well, I was like, how many days a week do you work out? He's like, well, when I'm lazy, I work out five days a week. And I was like, Okay, that's my problem, right? That's my problem. I'm doing three, he's doing five. He goes, but most days I do six. And I was like, okay, well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody needs to work out six days a week, right? And so I, I was like, okay, cool. And, uh, and then I was like, so, you know, 
you know, I'm working out 45 minutes a day, you know, when I work out three times, you know. So, so what, how long are you working out? He goes, well, at the bare minimum, two hours. Two hours? Never mind, right? <laughs> See, here's the thing is that I saw excellence. I saw excellence, but what I did not see was that behind that excellence was 10,000 small choices. The time that he got up at 4 a.m., all the times that he got up at 4 a.m. and went to the gym when I was laying in bed asleep. The time that he pushed that delicious chocolate cake that should be in your mouth, he pushed it away and said, you know what, I'm making a choice. I have a, I have a decision to make that I want to be excellent. The time that it was cold outside and he didn't want to get in his car when it was cold and go to the gym. See, behind every great person with excellence, you see this thing that you will understand that there's 10,000 small choices. There's 10,000 small choices and we don't see the choices that people are making. Excellence is a choice you make long before it's a result you see. It's a choice you make long before anybody notices it. Any, anybody, you, you're, doing a, you're doing more than it's expected at you at work, and you think nobody, you know what? You just keep doing it. You just keep working it. You keep doing what God has called you to do. You show up early and you mop those floors before anybody gets there. You, you, you just keep doing what, what you think nobody else is noticing, and God will make sure that you're promoted. Number three, I'm done. I got to be done. Not that I want to be done. Number three, excellence is an attitude. Excellence is an attitude. When, uh, I don't know, when I was about 10 or 11 years old, uh, we lived in a trailer house. And I've been c- corrected on this, and, and they're called manufactured homes now. You may live in a manufactured home, but we lived in a trailer house, Okay. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I've seen these houses. The, the manufacturer's home now, I'm like, Thanks to, nah, I would live in this, man. This is nice. But we didn't live in that. We lived in a, come on. We lived in a trailer house. That's what we lived in. And, uh, and I, I, but I'll tell you this, that when you walked into that, it was clean. It smelled good. It was decorated well. Why? Because my mom had an excellent attitude. And it didn't matter if you put her in a tent or the Taj Mahal, she was going to make sure that it looked excellent because she had an excellence in her attitude. Luke 16, 10 says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Colin Powell said this, if you're going to achieve excellence in big things, you develop the habit in little matters. Excellent is not an exception. It's a prevailing attitude. Wow. See, sometimes we spend so much time complaining about what we don't have that we stop being excellent with what we do have. We stop, we, we, we are complaining about everything that we want in life and everything that we need. And if I, if I had this, then my life would be better. And then I would be more, I would be more wealthy. And we start complaining about everything that we don't have. And we're not being excellent with what we do have. 
The, su- the successful people that you admire aren't lucky. They just made a choice to be excellent with what they had. Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, a company that's now worth $61 billion, started the company in his garage. He didn't wait for a high-rise. Well, I can only work in a high-rise building. He knew this. I got a dream in my heart in a garage. So what can I do? I can start something that's, that, that I feel like I'm supposed to do. Kevin Durant was the worst player at the age of 12. The worst player in his league did not score one basket. At the age of 14 and there on became the best player in every league that he went into. Why? Because he knew that excellence was an attitude. And he was out there shooting baskets when all his friends were playing Nintendo. And he would practice for three hours a day, every day. Why? Because he knew that I can not I can only use what's in my hand. And I'm not going to be excellent if I don't work at it, if I don't practice it. Can I tell you this? That God used Moses and a staff to part the red see. God used David in a sling to bring down a giant. God used Gideon and 300 men to defeat an army that that the Bible says was innumerable, right? There was no number to it. It was too big. What can God do with what's in your hand? All I got is a stick. Well, be excellent with it. All I got is this business. Be excellent with it. All I got is this job at McDonald's. Be excellent with it. The miracle isn't in what you don't have. The miracle is in what you do have. It's not in what you don't have. It's in what you do have. If you want a better job, start treating the job you have like the one you want. If you want a nicer car, start treating that junker like it's the nicest car. Come on, change the oil in it when it's supposed to be changed. Take care of it. I'm preaching to myself, my truck is dirty right now. Huh? If you want a better marriage, stop talking about what your spouse should be doing and start doing what you should be doing. Be excellent in your side of the marriage. Love your spouse like you're supposed to love your spouse. You want a better relationship with your kid? Turn off the TV and play board games. Have some fun. Set aside a family night, right? Be excellent with what you have. And God will bless you. God will promote you. God will push you forward. Let's be a church that's excellent in all that we do. Again, excellence isn't being the best. It's in doing your best. Let's be, a, let's be Christians and be a people that's excellent in everything we do. Let's show up on time. Let's do what we said we're going to do. Let's do more than, than is expected of us. Because it's not... It's not people that we're serving as much as it's Jesus we're serving. Amen? Amen. Excellence is our spirit. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. 
Lord, right now, I just pray that we'd be excellent. God, that we would just become excellent in everything that we did, everything that we do. God, that we're not trying to be the best, but God, that always we're trying to do our best. Lord, we're trying to love people that come into this church the best way we can love them. God, we're trying to work at our jobs the best way that we can work at our jobs. Lord, help us to carry an excellent spirit. Help us to carry an excellent spirit. Lord, I pray that as we do, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, for the blessings of God to overtake your people. God, that they would rise above everybody else. God, that they would be seen above everybody else. God, that they would be promoted above everybody else. Because we serve a God who's excellent. Lord, let us be excellent. Maybe you're in this place and you say, Brian, I don't know Jesus. I've never asked him into my heart. I've never asked him to be the Lord of my life. Can I tell you that a life of excellence starts with Jesus? Can I tell you about a God who loved you with excellence? He loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. His son was raised again on the third day. Why? Because you, so you could have relationship with him. you're in this place you say Brian I don't know Jesus I've never asked him into my heart I've never asked him to be the Lord of my life but today I want to maybe you're here and you say Brian I prayed that prayer but I'm not living like it and today I want to rededicate my life to Jesus every head bowed every eye closed no one's looking around you say Brian that's me I need Jesus in my life I'm rededicating my life to Jesus so on the count of three I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand up and you can put it right back down Brian pray with me today one pray this prayer together as a church family say Lord Jesus forgive me of my sin take my sin and by your grace I take your righteousness I make you the Lord of my life I give you all that I am I hold nothing back in Jesus name and everybody said amen 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 come on give it up for every person that prayed that prayer today one church we aim to help you encounter jesus if this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give if you chose to make jesus christ your lord and savior or rededicate your life to him today then you can text decided to 33733 so we can celebrate with you thanks for listening and have a great week